0: I have risen, and I am with you still, Alleluia. You have laid your hand upon me, Alleluia. Too wonderful for me this knowledge, Alleluia, Alleluia.
1: Welcome to Chantworks. Chantworks is an apostolate of lay men and women devoted to renewing Catholic worship, through sacred music and the singing of the Mass. Part of renewing Catholic worship is the prayerful reading of sacred Scripture. These readings and reflections are intended to help readers prepare for their part in the Mass and to help others listen attentively to the proclamation of the Word. The word Easter is of Germanic and English origin and refers to the beginning of spring, when the sun rises ever higher in the sky and the days begin to outlast the nights. Easter, therefore, occurs on the first Sunday after the first full moon following the spring equinox. The feast is called Pesach in Hebrew, Pasqua in Spanish, Pach in French, and Pascha in Greek, all of which come from the Passover described in the Book of Exodus. In which the Jews were delivered from slavery in Egypt and led to the Promised Land. For Christians, Easter celebrates Jesus' Passover from death to life as he leads his people to the Promised Land of heaven. This is why the traditional orientation of the priest at Mass has been toward the east and the rising sun. As the prophet Ezekiel proclaimed, The glory of the Lord entered the temple through the gate facing east. Throughout the Easter season, the first reading is taken from the Acts of the Apostles. Acts is a continuation of the narrative that began with the Gospel of Luke. It tells the story of the early church from the ascension of Jesus to Paul's imprisonment in Rome some 30 years later. The first half of Acts revolves around St. Peter and covers the spread of the gospel throughout Judea and Samaria. The second half of the book focuses on St. Paul's three missionary journeys to Cyprus, Asia Minor, and Greece. In this week's first reading, Peter preaches the central message of the gospel, or kerygma, to a Roman centurion and his family. Peter's speech follows a familiar pattern common in the early church. First, he describes Jesus' earthly ministry, which culminated in his death on a tree. Second, he proclaims Christ's resurrection, which confirms his divinity and everything he taught. Third. He explains how he and others were chosen by God and sent to preach this message. Finally, the gift of salvation is offered to all who believe.
2: A reading from the Acts of the Apostles Peter proceeded to speak and said, You know what has happened all over Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good and healing all those oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. This man God raised on the third day and granted that he be visible. Not to all the people, but to us, the witnesses chosen by God in advance, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commissioned us to preach to the people and testify that he is the one appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him will receive
1: forgiveness of sins through his name. Psalm 118 celebrates the Lord's victory over Israel's enemies. It was originally written by David after he had gained possession of Jerusalem, having survived the endless pursuit of Saul, who wanted to destroy him. Jesus applied this psalm to himself, saying, The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and it is marvelous in our eyes. In singing this psalm, we celebrate Christ's victory over death.
0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Israel say His mercy endures forever. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. The right hand of the Lord has struck with power. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord this has been done. It is wonderful in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad.
1: Easter is not just the celebration of the astounding message that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, a preposterous notion to many people today, but that through his resurrection, human nature itself has been elevated and restored to its original God-given dignity. The second reading explains very simply what follows from belief in the resurrection and having been raised with Christ in baptism. It inspires us to seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. As Christians, we live in the world and have to deal with it just like everyone else. The difference is that all of our actions find their meaning beyond simply this world. We are called to a higher order and nobler way of living. We are called to seek the things that are above.
2: A reading from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, if then you were raised with Christ, seek what is above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Think of what is above, not of what is on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ your life appears, then you too will appear with him in glory.
1: There are four times in the year when the church prescribes a specific hymn called a sequence which is to be sung before the gospel. Easter is one of those times. Prior to the Council of Trent in the 1500s, there were many sequence hymns for nearly every occasion. Trent reduced the number of required sequence hymns to four, one for Easter, one for Pentecost, one for Corpus Christi, and one for All Souls. The Easter and Pentecost hymns are perhaps the most familiar. Although details vary between the four Gospels, each account of the Resurrection begins with the discovery of the empty tomb. The empty tomb was a necessary condition of the Resurrection since the presence of a corpse would have certainly invalidated the Gospel message. An important sign of the resurrection, in addition to the empty tomb, were the burial cloths that were conspicuously left behind. John is very deliberate in directing our attention to them, describing them in careful detail. It turns out the tomb wasn't empty after all.
0: Victime pascali laudes, i molent cristiani, Agnus rede mi Christus innocens patri, Reconciliavit peccatores. Morset vita duello, Conflixere mirando. Duks vitem mortus regniad vivus, di nobis Maria quid vidisti in via, sepulcrum Christi viventis, et gloriam vidi resurgentis. Angelicos testes, Sudarium et vestes, Surrexit Christus spesnea, Precedet suos in Galileam. Simus Christum surrexisse, e, Amortuis vere, Tun nobis victorex miserere. Amen. Alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia. alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia, Christ, our Paschal Lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us then feast with joy in the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning while it was still dark and saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture, that he had to rise from the dead. The gospel of the Lord, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Belief in the resurrection of Christ is the cornerstone of Christianity. It is not an idle tale or a myth. It was an actual event that really happened at a particular time and place. As Paul says in his first letter to the Corinthians, If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain, and we are of all men most to be pitied. The burial cloths, which John describes in great detail, are evidence of the bodily resurrection of Jesus. Many people believe, and tradition supports their belief, that the Shroud of Turin is the very cloth that Peter and John saw lying in the tomb. Belief that the Shroud of Turin is the actual burial cloth of Jesus, however, is not a dogma of the Church, and so we're not obligated to believe it. We are, however, obliged to believe in the resurrection. It is this belief, belief in the resurrection, that marks a true Christian. As the priest says in following the renewal of our baptismal promises, this is our faith. This is the faith of the Church. We are proud to profess it. What follows from this belief is revolutionary. Personal belief in the resurrection of Jesus is not only life-changing for individuals, but has the power to transform society and elevate it, but only to the extent that this belief takes root in the culture. The resurrection of Jesus, if we truly believe, inspires us to seek those things that are above. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
0: Christ, our Passover has been sacrificed. Alleluia. Therefore, let us keep the feast with the unleavened bread of purity and truth. Alleluia. Alleluia.
2: This has been a Chantworks production. Please visit us online at chantworks.com.